Some of you may remember, but not long after I first came to be the minister at Rocky Mount Christian Church, I went on quite a few mission trips to Mexico. And during one of those first mission trips, I wanted to do something that I had never had a chance to do before. I wanted to drive all the way across the country. And I know that in many ways, this doesn't sound like much fun. In fact, now, looking back, it doesn't sound like much fun at all. But at the time, it was really exciting. I wanted to see things that I'd never seen before and have experiences that I'd never experienced before. And so I made all my plans. I packed up. I went to Roanoke. I picked up the rental car at the airport. And I took off. And I drove and I drove and I drove. In fact, I pretty much drove like a madman. And I didn't really sleep at all for the first 24 hours. I don't think I even took a nap. And I, I didn't even get tired. I don't know if I just had excitement coursing through my veins or what it was. But I just kept on driving and I got to see things like the Mississippi that I had never seen before. And it truly was really an interesting ride. Well, after nearly 24 hours, 22 hours or so, I made it through Dallas in that morning. I made it through all the concrete and all the pavement of Dallas. I got through Dallas and I don't remember if, if it was just outside of Dallas or if it was going on closer to Abilene. But somewhere, I was just tired. Finally, it hit me. And so I, I found an exit to pull off. It was a place that had nothing going on, no, no large city, not even a small town. They just had a gas station. So I pulled over and I parked in the parking lot of the gas station and I got out of the car and I'll never forget what I saw when I looked around. As I scanned the horizon all around me, it felt like everything went on for a million miles. I mean, don't get me wrong, I've been to some flat places before, like Indiana and the cornfields. But when you grow up in, in Virginia and the mountains, you can't see that far. But when you go to somewhere like Texas, look at the incredible horizon. It's like it just goes on and on. And it was incredibly beautiful. The sun was coming up. And just above the horizon, it was blue and pink and orange and red. It was beautiful. It truly was. I was reminded of just how amazingly, mind-blowingly this world is. That I was just in one little corner of it. Yet it seemed so large. That is what today's song 
the sermon is all about. Today's song takes that imagery and that setting of Texas, and it builds on it to show us the expansiveness of God's love and grace for things and people and places that we did not even imagine. So if if you were here at church, you would be listening to Seth as he plays Caveman Call's song, 40 Acres. I would encourage you to look it up on the internet, to look at the lyrics or look for it on Spotify or, or iTunes or whatever you use. But it's a song that talks about the wide open spaces of, of Texas and how they are a reminder of God's incredible grace that expands on and on and on and on for us and for all people. That's what we're talking about today. The expansiveness of God's grace even beyond what we can imagine. I want to read something to you from Luke 15, 1 and 2. This is from the NIV. It says, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. When they accused Jesus of of hanging around and eating with sinners and the riffraff, it's not long before Jesus has a reply. And this is what he says in Luke 15, 11 through 24 in the message translation. Then he said, there was once a man who had two sons. I love these stories. The younger said to the father, Father, I want right now what's coming to me. So the father divided the property between them. It wasn't long before the younger son packed his bags and left for a distant country. There, undisciplined and dissipated, he wasted everything he had. And after he'd gone through all of his money, there was a bad famine all through that country and he began to feel it. He signed on with a citizen there who assigned him to his field slop the pigs. He was so hungry he would have eaten the corn cobs and the pig slop, but no one would give him any. That brought him to his senses. He said, all those farmhands are working for my father. Sit down the three meals a day, and here I am starving to death. I'm going back to my father. I'll say to him, Father, I've sinned against God. I've sinned before you. And I don't deserve to be called your son. Take me on as a hired hand. He got right up and went home to his father. Don't you love it when your kids come up with a brilliant plan? (laughs) When he was still a long way off, his father saw him. His heart pounding, he ran out and embraced him and kissed him. The son started his speech. Father, I've sinned against God. I've sinned before you. I 
don't deserve to be called your son ever again. But the father wasn't listening. He was calling to the servants, quick, bring a clean set of clothes and dress him. Put the family ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Then get a prize-winning heifer and roast it. We're going to feast. We're going to have a wonderful time. My son is here. Given up for dead and now alive. Given up for lost and now found. And they began to have a wonderful Well, of course, for those of you who know the scripture and the story, if you keep on reading, the older brother wasn't quite so interested and happy about all of this. But forget about that right now. The point was that the father showed his son incredible grace, even though the son had made some really dumb decisions even though he'd been really selfish, even though he had turned his back and hurt his father. He chose to show him grace beyond what his son ever expected. Did you catch that? The son only expected to come back as a hired hand. He didn't expect to come back and receive that kind of grace. That's what God does for all of us. God gives us far more grace than you can ever imagine. And you can see this over and over and over again in our scriptures. There's a story in Jonah that I love. Jonah's an interesting character and the story is it's fascinating. In Jonah 1, 1 through 2, it says this in the NIV. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. So what God's doing is he's, God's not only saying, go and tell them that they've been sinful. God is actually showing them grace. God is saying, give them a chance to repent. Jonah didn't like that. He ran away, got on a ship, he got thrown overboard, he was swallowed by a big fish, spent some time in the belly thereof, prayed, got spit out on the land, and then God said, once again, in Jonah 3, 1 through 2, he could have saved himself all that trouble and being spent in the gut of a fish. So God said again in the third chapter, then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Now, Nineveh was a very large city. It took three days to go through it. Jonah began by going a day's journey into the city, proclaiming, Forty days 
more. Nineveh will be overthrown. The Ninevites believed God. A fast was proclaimed, and all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth. When Jonah's warning reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat down in the dust. This is the proclamation he issued in Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, do not let people or animals, herds or flocks, taste anything, do not let them eat or drink, but let people and animals be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence, and who knows, God may yet relent and with compassion turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he relented and did not bring on them the destruction that he had threatened. It's interesting when we often read or hear the story of Jonah, we typically focus on the character of Jonah. We talk about what he did and why he did it. But today I want to talk about the Ninevites. These were Jonah and the the Israelites' enemies. They were evil. They were not good people. Yet, Here's the interesting thing. God offered them grace. That was Jonah's mission. That was his message that he was sent to tell them. Grace was being offered to them. And you know what? The story tells us that they repented. God showed them grace. The story tells us That God shows grace to people that we don't often think God would be willing to forgive. We, We often think that God can't love or show grace to someone for what they've done or how they lived their life. The story of the prodigal son and the story of Jonah and the Ninevites makes us think about how boundless God's grace really is. In the song that Seth sang, one of the lyrics says, You say that you're the black sheep. I say you're still family. And that's what God is telling us. That's what God is telling us. All of us. I want you to always remember that no matter what, no matter what you've done or how far you've gone, there's always forgiveness through Jesus Christ. There's always grace. Just like that Texas guy, God's grace and love 
is more expansive than you could ever possibly imagine. But also at the same time, not only do I want you to remember how much God's grace is expansive and incredible for you, but I want you to remember how incredible and expansive it is for others. One of the messages of, of both both stories that we read today, the prodigal son and the Ninevites and Jonah, is God shows grace to people that we don't think God would or should go show grace to. You know, the churches and the Christians that we live with, and, and we are being asked to think about things and issues and people that maybe we haven't ever thought about before. Now, maybe more than ever, we're we're talking and thinking and dealing with people who are homosexual. We're dealing with people who are transsexual and who are going through times of gender dysphoria and, and not knowing where they fit in with genders. It may not make sense to all of us. We may not agree with it all, and we might not think that it's right. It, it, and I'm not getting at what's right or what's wrong, what's 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 sinful or what's righteous. I'm simply saying that these stories in the scriptures remind us God's grace is more far reaching than we can ever imagine. And we're gonna to need to remember that as we go forward. You know, every now and then, I come across a very memorable person in my life. Uh, I came across one years ago. I have drumsticks hanging up on my wall at home. I have a, I have a guitar hanging up also because I, I used to play it before I realized that I have no rhythm. So I quit. I just hung it up on the wall for decoration. But I also have drumsticks hanging up, but I've never played the drums. I got the drumsticks from from this guy that I met. Actually, I got them from his parents after he passed away. For those of you who didn't get a chance to know Harry and Rosalie's son, Todd Cooper, I'm terribly sorry. Todd was just an amazing guy. And there was always something special about him, and I couldn't put my finger on what it was. Anytime I went to go see him, I just left feeling better than I came. And so one time I was going to go see him. He was in the hospital at UVA. And I'll never forget when I walked in the room, it was just like there was this aura in the room, this, this bright, glowing light. And I couldn't figure out what it was. But Todd just seemed to emanate. I figured out then 
I always felt loved and accepted by Todd. There are people like Todd who come along in this world every now and then and remind us of the depth of God's grace. God loved me no matter what. God loves us even more. Friends, God's love is more expansive and bigger than we could ever possibly imagine. I encourage you to think about that as you move forward with your own life, as you deal with all the people and all the issues you have to deal with every day. Know that God's Grace and love is expansive for you. But remember, it's also expansive for others. Amen.